another episode of Dad Pod kicking out into the universe of the, the, the wonderful internet where it will live forever and ever. How does it feel like this is almost a time capsule of our lives, Charlie Clawson, that, yeah. you know, I listen, I listen to old TOEFOP episodes where I think what I believe you and Will were just talking into a wax cylinder, which is what it sounded <laughs> like. Yeah. Three straight hours of deep Batman talk off mic. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah. I mean, Will and I often talk about that. It's just like, why have we allowed our uh, uh, regressive views to be immortalized forever on a podcast? A lot of, I, as I often say to people, if you're going to listen to Tofop, start listening after episode 100. <laughs> but I had a call the other day. This is, I don't know if this is, does mentoring someone count as dadding, count as fathering? Yeah, definitely. It's all fatherhood. And, and you know, it's no secret that if, if you work in broadcast or radio or whatever and you, and you reach out to me and you ask me, I will talk to you. You know, I will have a Skype call. We will have a chat. But because it means that you've got, you know, some initiative. And this um, young lady that I've been working with, she just got a job in, in broadcast. And I said, just right. be prepared to be shit for about five years. All right. It's, <laughs> you are not going to be Casey Neistat by next month. All right. Right. You're going to have to just deal with sucking for a while. <laughs> Yeah. So how long do we suck at this podcast for? Well, look, <laughs> well, I, I what's don't the know. time frame? 18 years, I think that's <laughs> Well, I think maybe what we do is we broadcast well, but it's the dadding that we suck at. That's where the suckage comes in. As uh as I have uh, found out in the last couple of weeks, um been on the road osh and uh, I've been pretty cocky about my dadding skills. I've been pretty cocky about Gemma and I our parenting skills in general. Our baby's been pretty it's been pretty smooth sailing, but I experienced my first proper baby meltdown last week and it was, it set me back on my heels. I've got to be honest with you, like Icarus, I was flying too close to the sun with my wings of wax. So just well, if, this is, look, if this is someone's first episode, if you haven't been listening, if you're just coming in right now, Charlie's wife, Gemma, is a, is a film director and uh, yeah. Charlie is a writer, he's an actor, he's a producer and as two people who work in a seasonal industry, sometimes one works, sometimes the other doesn't. So at the moment, Gemma is on sets, Charlie and Gemma are on the road and Charlie is... Full-time dad. Full-time dad. But Osh, I can't even put this down to being on my own. I mean... This was both of us. Look, the circumstances around this is not our fault. Um, it was Sydney Airport. I blame them. Sydney Airport and their delayed bloody flights because we had worked out, okay, you know, we'll book our flight at this time because around feeding and travelling and all that kind of stuff, flying from Sydney to Brisbane. So we knew how much time we had and, you know, what time should be more settled. But, of course, our flight was delayed by three hours. Good God. So... It kind of threw everything out a bit. And then when we got on the plane, there was such a backlog of planes to take off. We sat on the tarmac for half an hour because there were so many planes that to line up. So our entire kind of schedule was thrown out. Uh, so we flew to the Gold Coast. When we arrived in Queensland, we then had to drive down to Byron Bay to meet friends for a dinner party, which we were going to be late for. And so I assumed when we land and we got in contact with them, they'd say, look, dinner's wrapping up. We'll just meet you at their house. No, 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 no. When we land, they're like, oh, no, we're still coming. Bring the baby. And so by this stage, you know, what initially was going to be us arriving, uh, arriving at the Gold Coast about 6.30, we arrive at the restaurant, baby has a little feed, we get a home in bed by about 8 o'clock. Would have been perfect, Osh. We're the best parents ever. We're doing this so perfectly. That Byron Bay vibe, she really gets it. You know, Iona really <laughs> loves the Northern yeah. River situation. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get her immunizations uh, reversed <laughs> now that we're in Byron Bay? <laughs> Once you cross the the tweed, you've got to, (laughs) as you're going south. Reverse the immunizations. Good God. So, uh, look, on the plane, it was, 
normally she's been a, a really great flyer and, you know, we uh, thanks to your advice and the advice of many other friends of mine, the feeding on the way up and the feeding the way down, it just I means she's perfectly settled, no inner ear issues at all. But we were dealing with not only inner ear issues but then she was completely zonked out. She was so tired and so she didn't want to feed and so we, as much as we were trying to feed her on the way up, we couldn't. And then about an hour into the flight she was cranky and, and hungry and then – she didn't know whether she went to sleep or eat and then we started our descent and then she got the inner ear and so she was really wailing and not a, this is like a first world problem but because the flight had been delayed we got shoved right up the back so we're right up the back of the plane with a bunch of other people who who's had been on flights that were delayed and so there was a bunch of shitty people on this flight because everyone had expected to be in the gold coast three hours earlier but they're all up the back all like gold and platinum members all shoved down the back of the plane like cattle and so everyone was in a, it was a very tense atmosphere i'm supposed to be eating a porterhouse steak on main <laughs> beach right now why am i getting elbowed by everyone who's on the way to the toilet exactly Exactly, exactly. It's just awful. So we arrive at Gold Coast Airport and she's been grumbly but, you know, relatively okay. And then we get to pick up our car and I call my friend. He's like, yeah, no, come down, come down to the restaurant. We're all still here. And we're like, okay, well, you know, it's 9 o'clock now. We'll probably get there. Maybe she'll sleep the whole way. We can just pop our heads in and say good day. So we drive to the restaurant. And as soon as we walk in, there's about 10, 12 people sitting around the table. And of course, they're like, oh, hey, look who's here. Baby hears that, freaks out, like screams, like she's tired already and she's been woken up by 12 strangers she doesn't know. So she starts like crying, crying, crying. And Jim's like, okay, look, I'll just take her outside. I think I'll just feed her because she'd be normally having a knockout feed now and then maybe we just go back to the house. So Jim goes outside. She doesn't even really get to see anyone. So I have a quick drink with everybody. Hi, hi, hi. See you back at the house. We get back to the house and there's a bunch of people staying in this house. There's kids who are already asleep. So it's a family house where there's kids asleep. So it's quiet upstairs. So we get shown to our room. And I said to Jim, why don't you just go downstairs with the mums and dads and just you know, have, a, have a, a cup of tea and just like socialise and I'll put her to bed. She seems quite settled now. So Jim leaves the room and I don't know what happened in the two minutes that she left, but Iona went from smiling and giggling and gooing and garring as I was changing her nappy and putting her pajamas on. Something just switched. Like it went from zero to a hundred in an instant. And she was like, not just like wailing, but like physically contorting Linda Blair and the Exorcist oh, style, like twisting her body around. And so after about five minutes of this, I'm like, shit, shit, maybe I need Gemma to come back. Maybe the boobs the only solution. But I was kind of stuck in the room because I didn't want to take her out into the hallway where all the other kids are sleeping and Gemma hadn't taken her phone with her so I couldn't even text her an SOS. So I'm just like pacing this room. Eventually, I think about 10 minutes and I'm getting really stressed out. Like yeah. I just think biologically you, you respond to that baby's like the, the shriek and the cry. It just accelerates your adrenaline. And I don't know what happened, but at some stage I just got onto the bed onto my back and then she just zonked out, like gone. Like as quickly as she exploded, suddenly it was all gone and she was asleep, exhausted. And she was on your tummy? I was on my back, she was on her tummy. So she pinned you in the end. She's the one yes. that went for the, the <laughs> pin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Got me on my back. And then I, what do they call it, an A-frame or whatever. In an A-frame so and the ref just... slides in. One, two, one, three, two, it's three. over. So I was lying on my back and she was out and then I'm like, because it had been such an intense 15 minutes, I was like, I don't want to move. Like I feel like I had this this time bomb. So I lay there pinned to the bed but not – like it might have also been relaxing if I was like sunk into the cushions and, uh-huh. you know, had my baby girl in my chest but I wasn't. I was in the exact position with my shoulders held up to my ears and like my arms like this because I didn't know if I slightly adjusted, maybe she'd wake up and she'd start <laughs> screaming again. So, How many beers had you had at dinner? 
Oh, not even like a, a half a beer, not even any anything. So, okay, so the bladder is not a, a pressing issue at oh, this no, point. No, no, oh, no, no. Okay. It was just it was just the stress and the sheer like panic. So Good I was God. just lying there, and then I was like, okay, can I get her into her cot? And so I did the most minimal movement, which is just like a half inch shoulder roll. <laughs> okay, shoulder <laughs> goes back down, and I was trapped there. For like half an hour and then eventually like I hear Jem come into the room and I'm trying to, you know when you're trying to whisper loud enough for the person coming in the door to hear but not so loud you wake the baby up. I'm like, she's asleep, she's asleep, she's asleep <laughs> because I didn't want Jem to go and ruin all the good work. So she comes in I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> like everything was fine but then she went apeshit and then clearly in the cold hard light of day the next morning when we were, it was like it was – the cycle was all out. Like we'd been yeah. fairly good with the routine, but it was just the delays on the tarmac, getting our car late, arriving at a stranger, uh, a restaurant after her bedtime, then in a stra- like, It was just everything yeah. was out of whack, man. But it was a real wake-up call. It brought me back down to earth. Good God. I Just the fear as you, you talk about the jujitsu, the fear as you start to run out of power-ups. You go, okay, so on the shoulder normally does it. That's not doing it. Okay, on the shoulder with a bounce, not doing it. On the shoulder with a bounce, the bum pat, not doing it. And you start to escalate to slowly, then you've got, oh, this is everything. Yeah. I'm using all my power and it's still not working. It, it's, it's Neo fighting Agent Smith in the Matrix. You're like, oh. Oh, hang on, I know Kung Fu, but it's not working. This guy's <laughs> dodging bullets. Oh my God. Like it was full on. It Actually, I think it was – what I'm finding about being a dad, Osh, is that these little things happen and I think all of them are little incremental introductions into what you're going to be dealing with on a larger scale mm. because I know that like – she's going to start crawling soon and she's going to start having tantrums soon and all these kind of things. And so this little was like a little 15-minute taster yeah. <laughs> what kind of, of what I can expect in the future. Speaking of, of Matrix, it's the Spoon Kid and the Spoon Kid's telling you, well, who's teaching who, Charlie? Yeah. You know, who's controlling who? <laughs> and I, I think you're absolutely right. And I know I've spoken about this before. Georgia is nearly 16 and... I came in when she was 10, so I didn't have the 10 years of incremental adjustments to her mood and subtle changes of dealing and understanding her. I just kind of came in straight at like, boom, here it is. And I can, you know, this sort of stuff is so valuable right now because by the time she was 10, then 11, and then as her hormones started to kick in between 11 and 12, having had that kind of training with her, like I just would watch Audrey be super calm around all this stuff and I'm like, but I don't understand. It's a fucking <laughs> Because she went through all the stuff that you're going through right now and seeing yeah. the, the versions of the disagreeing with what is happening and how am I going to alter it to what I want developing within her. I um, had a very similar, you know, it's been a rough week for Wolfgang right. here at the ranch. Wolfgang is going through uh, what is generally known as a sleep regression. What does that mean? Uh, Well, generally around about four months old, as Wolfie's gone from just grabbing things that touch his hand to reaching for things and holding things. All right. So he's started to realise that he can alter his environment, right? That toy's over there. Now I've got it. Now that toy's in my mouth, all right? Starting to Uh figure this stuff out. And so with that comes just another leap in mental stimulation, all right? And so I want to be stimulated all the time. So a couple of things happen is that not only is he growing incredibly fast, he's also getting bored. 
because (laughs) already this is dull. I'm not able to play with stuff. So he will wake up because I started reading into this. He will wake up from a nap or or a sleep after about 45 minutes because it's just quiet and there's no stimulation. He's just bored. He's like, this is Mm. bullshit. I want to be up. I want to be rolling on my back and then rolling on my tummy and then cracking the shits because I can't roll back and then getting the shits enough that I finally roll back and then play with shit for a while. And then I want to go back to sleep again. And coupled with, and this is kind of weird, just before this happened, he discovered his thumb and he started to self-soothe quite a bit. Oh. So we were getting four or five hours of sleep in a row and it was like, this is fucking amazing because the getting fussy after about two hours after a feed in the middle of the night and then getting onto his thumb to get himself back to sleep allowed us to kind of sleep more. And then overnight he went from being able to count to 10 to being able to count to eight. It's like his thumbs vanished. And he right. forgot how to do it. He's forgotten. And then, bang, he's yeah. up every 90 minutes, every two hours again because he's, he's right. lost his ability to, to self-soothe, which also is a part of that. And like I said, this is just this kind of leap in what he expects from the world and how he appreciates the world and realising that he can change the world that is around him by moving things closer to him or getting us to come to him. Asha, I believe we can all change the world. <laughs> <laughs> we can, just one thumb suck at a time whatever One thumb suck at a time whatever your thumb suck is whatever it is you use to self-soothe that's up to you so that that's kind of happening right now and you know this is exciting because it comes with him being massive like overnight he just went jesus christ he's just even bigger audrey's like oh, i think i want to buy this cute thing and i'm just saying to her he'll wear it for six days right yeah because that's really what it is but also it's been really hard on audrey because we're only on, on the boob right now we're not using any formula and he's so hungry, the ability to express and kind of get ahead of the game is out the window because he's just, she just doesn't have time. By the time she's put him down and, and wanting to get, you know, an, enough of a kind of a re-up so she can express again, he's up again and he's hungry again. So we've kind of slowly watching our stockpile in the fridge deplete <laughs> and now we're just, you know, we're going paycheck to paycheck, right? <laughs> you know yeah, what right. I mean? And that comes with its own set of things and that being able to do things like, I don't know, you know, Audrey go and see a friend or, or, or get a little more sleep, that's starting to really kind of be tough on her and that has its kind of a knock-on effect. But apparently it doesn't last too long, but yeah, we're in the trenches here, man, with that kind of stuff right now. Yeah, right. So again, it's the incremental thing though, right? Like you are being introduced to sleepless nights, mm. <laughs> which I'm sure yeah. will ebb and flow. But it's, I remember my mum used to saying, you know, as a mother of nine children, I, just, I remember mum used to say, it's a good thing babies are so cute because there's no <laughs> yeah. other reason you can put up with half the shit <laughs> that they put you through. And your mum, Mrs. Clausen, as always, wise, wise, wise words, <laughs> because that is exactly the amount of times I said, lucky you're cute. It's just we've lost, <laughs> completely lost count. But the other shit part is that I don't know how I've started to adjust to sleeping through everything. Yeah, I've gone from just leaping out of the bed the moment I hear a whimper to just being out. Bear in mind, it is Sydney and it is, if you're listening to this in five years, it's the summer that Australia caught fire. So it's 28 degrees, 30 degrees at nighttime here. So mm. we've got the fan on and the air cleaner because there's quite a bit of shit in the air, quite a bit of smoke in the air. Mm. So there's a lot of noise and Mm. the white noise not only gets baby to sleep, man, I hear that stuff, (sighs) I'm out. My tinnitus, I can't hear my tinnitus anymore. I'm just not waking up. So Audrey's (laughs) 
I keep telling him, I was like, I even got an, you know those eye masks they give you on the plane? Yeah. I got one of them and I wrote in Sharpie on it, I wrote, wake for help across the eyes. <laughs> just so like, just, just wake me up if you need yeah. anything. But I slept through three nappy changes, three feeds. At one point she did wake me up to burp him, but I slept through the whole mm. thing last night and now and I feel kind of shit about it. I'll confess something to you, Osh. I have been sleeping all the way through the majority of Iona's life. I mean, I think in the first month I was up in the morning, but then Jen was like, there's really not a lot you can do apart from like give moral support and there's no reason for us to both be tired. And so now... Iona is, she sleeps a bit longer than Wolfie, so it's it's not quite as intense for Jem, but it's just naturally fallen into that pattern. And there was a little bit of guilt <laughs> initially, but that was soon outweighed by the fact that I'm getting eight hours sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm certain if, if it was a, a real issue for Jem, she would let me know about it. Yeah. But it's certainly not going to help the situation me uh, waking myself up or getting up out of a sense of obligation or, or guilt or whatever. Like if it's definitely needed, then of course, but I wouldn't put extra pressure on yourself if that's not required. You, you did start early in your career. You did go down a path of wanting to be uh, some sort of church minister, Charlie. Yeah, priest, you then denied yeah. that, but I'm not going to lie right now. I feel absolved. Oh. <laughs> Bless you, my son. Uh, say 10 Hail Marys <laughs> on your way out. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I reckon we should get our first guest, Gutenberg, on the phone. That is not a dad. Yeah. Our first mum dad? Mum dad. Let's get a mum dad on the phone. Hang on a sec. Hello. Welcome to Dad Pod, Yumi Steins, Charlie Clawson. You are our first non-dad dad. You're our first uh, wow. mum dad. Amazing honour, guys. Mother of four <laughs> incredible children, Charlie Clawson. Yumi Steins is single mumming three wow. of those kids today. Is that mean, like, you've taken a few moments away from the chaos for us, Yumi? <laughs> I'm standing in a fishmonger's, actually. It's the quietest place I can find doing the <laughs> lunch, stocking, and post-swimming. So yes, this is the best I'm doing. Looking hot too, by the way. Of course, Ma- Yumi. Uh, anyone would know that you you are you're setting the standard. You're absolutely setting the standard. Uh, I hope you're wearing the official Dad Pod uniform of a singlet and a trucker hat because that's what we go with here. Nice one. It is a singlet, but not a, no. It's my usual, much bigger brim hat, trying to get the sun off my skin. <laughs> Yumi, we were talking earlier about um, Wolfie's going through, and I know you've done this four times now yep. with your your three daughters and your one son. Wolfie's going through his four-month sleep progression. He's gone from sleeping for four or five hours in a row to like back to 90 minutes, two hours. Do you remember that happening with your kids? Yeah, of course I do. You're just like, uh, can I take it back to the hospital now? Do I get a refund? <laughs> Which one's bung? <laughs> do they give receipts with babies these days? I can't <laughs> so what I, I mean, I'm sure you're across the science of it, but what I figured was that um, they're waking up because they're hungry. So what can I do to make them more full for every sort of ounce that they eat? So I think that's when we started making for Murphy, my third child, we started blending like roast lamb in the blender and putting it to her with her milk. I don't know. What, whatever it takes, I reckon, Yumi. So the waking is caused because they're just wanting to grow, so they just want calories? Yeah, they, they're hungry and their stomachs are emptying out faster. So they're like, damn it, I'm starving. You guys, feed me. Are you saying you made lamb smoothies, essentially? 
Essentially, yes, Charlie, that is exactly what we did. Uh, she would, she doesn't actually eat lamb ever now. <laughs> I don't know if the two things are related. But yeah, so, so I think it was the emphasis is on a heavier protein going right. in. So maybe it's time to start putting a bit of salt into that last meal of the night. A bit of tofu, a bit of avocado or something. He's got he's onto the pears and the zucchinis at the moment with a bit of farex oh, happening. Yeah. But if, are yep. you saying we do that solid feed later in the evening, so kind of closer to bedtime? Yeah, and then also if you can build up a little bit of extra hunger before that last feed or the one that you want to be the last feed. So let's say the 10 p.m. one. So he's hungry at eight and just say, you know what, write it out, Wolfie. <laughs> and then he'll be super fang. He'll be up for trying new foods. He'll eat some protein. So so tofu is good because it is so protein and it is so soft and custard-like. It goes down pretty easy. And then, yeah, maybe that's going to be the thing that helps him sleep. Or maybe you're just going to have to, you know, suck eggs for a few months while he goes through this phase. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the size of Wolfie, I mean, he's a big boy. I think like a brontosaurus steak or something <laughs> might yeah. be what you need to settle him at night. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger blender. Yeah. <laughs> you're out and about at the moment uh, with your with your kids, uh, Yumi, and, you know, I know you're a very social person. You'd keep up to date with, with your mates and you'd, you'd try to make sure that you, you get around and see everybody, even with babies in tow. They never shied away from joining you. Did they ever melt down in front of a dinner party? Charlie had uh, – he was turning up to a 10-, 12-person affair, shut up with Iona fresh off the plane. Here we are. We're here for dinner. And then Iona exploded. Do you recall that sort of thing happening? Yeah, definitely. And I was at a dinner party not that long ago where it wasn't my baby, but it was uh, a friend's two-year-old. And it was quite formal. Everyone was looking really like they'd put on their nice clothes and they were serving like the expensive food. And the two-year-old was was a bit pissy about the whole situation, just wasn't liking it. And so she dropped her pants and did a wee in front of everyone in like sitting around the dinner table. And this was like a kid who really knows that that's a boundary and she just was like, guess what? <laughs> I'm making an announcement and I'm not using words. Oh, my God. I know, I know. So in Charlie's situation, I think it's like everybody's going to be pretty understanding about it in that situation and you can either take the child into a bedroom and have some quiet time to settle them down or you can record it, which is what one of Martin's phrases. It's like there's no redeeming this situation. I'm going to pull the ripcord and we're just going to piss off home. <laughs> yeah. I was saying to Osha, Yumi, that we, we had gotten quite cocky with Iona. She's, we've been traveling with her quite a bit, taking her to lots of different places, and we're feeling pretty confident about this, even though the whole lead up to the dinner party, our flight had been delayed. We got there a lot later than we thought uh. we were going to get there. And we rocked in thinking, our oh, baby's perfect. <laughs> and we got a, we quickly were brought down to earth. It wasn't just the meltdown at the dinner party. It was then later on when we got back to our accommodation, there was a second meltdown and I was on my own. Right. But I was, the thing that stunned me was uh, Gemma and I were in the room getting her ready, putting a nappy on, put her in her pyjamas. Then I said to Gem, go down and have some fun. Just have a chat to whoever or maybe have a drink or a cup of tea or whatever. I'll take care of this. And when in the space of 30 seconds, my baby went from cooing and laughing and being the most gorgeous thing on earth to being possessed by the devil. Like I'd never seen yeah. anything like it. And I pride myself in my very short time as being a father of my settling techniques. But I ran through the entire gamut of techniques and nothing worked <laughs> to the point where I, she won. Like I was just lying on the bed prone with the baby on top of me. It's like, I can't move. She wins. 
<laughs> and her head spun for 60 degrees. See, that's really amazing when you see them like reach for Satan level of tantrum. I, I made an immediate call for an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, you know that that's like divine punishment for being cocky, and it happens to every parent that's cocky. Yeah, if you're actually not allowed to think you've nailed it, because the minute you do, something will change. I learnt my lesson. But you know what? My mum always gave really great advice when one of the kids was having a meltdown, which was for starters, she was always unflappable, so that they could be screaming bloody murder, and she'd never crack a sweat. Hmm. And the thing that she said every time was. Oh, you're getting some exercise. That's so good. And, you know, the baby's going to make that noise and do it, and then they're going to get worn out eventually. And if they don't, then, they're, then they've clearly got energy to burn. So she would just look at it as though, okay, that's just a kid like, like I might go for a run. Somebody might do a yoga class or, or swim 20 laps. The baby is doing their version of that. Right. So just let it go. Don't take it like a failing of yours. And, uh, and just think about all the reps they're getting. <laughs> you are talking Charlie's language. I mean, as soon as he's off this podcast, he's going to ditch the powders, he's going to make himself a lamb protein shake, and he's no. going to go and throw a tantrum instead of having a workout. <laughs> I've got to confess, Osh, the other day I was doing some chest presses with my baby. I was lying on the bed. I was like, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. Let's see what I can do with this, like, six-kilo weight here. <laughs> go for volume. Just go for volume. Yeah. Yumi Steins, you are the absolute greatest. Have a wonderful day with your family. Thank you. And can I leave you with just one thought? Yes. If you've had your baby with your life partner who happens to be female, a really good post-baby gift might be like a six-session visit to the pelvic floor physiotherapist. And it's a sort of expensive thing that a lot of women think they don't deserve or they can do without, but it's incredibly life-changing, particularly if this is baby number two, three, or four. Pelvic floor physio is a thing. Yes, it is, Charlie, and I I will put it to you. When I first met Audrey, Yumi Steins took me aside and says, are you going to have any more kids? And I said, listen, I'm, you know, I don't know, maybe or not. And she just whispered in my ear, she says, don't be afraid. Vaginas are magical things. (laughs) (laughs) And Charlie, she was right. (laughs) That's how we got into this mess. Thanks for having me, guys. I've loved every second of it. Love you. Take care. Love you. Thanks, Yumi. Osh, uh, if anyone out there wants to send us some advice or ask us a question, they can do that at askdadpod at gmail.com. Is there anyone who's written into us this week? We have two extraordinary letters here, Charlie, and topical considering what's been happening in our country over the summer and will continue to happen for the next few months. Josh has written in. Guys, I've got a question I thought it would be interesting and topical. Last week, we had to evacuate our home due to a fryer that spread really quickly. Did you say a fryer or a fire? Fire. Sorry, a fire. Okay, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a priest? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who invaded their no. home? Had to act quickly? No, no, no. It was a fryer. We were in Watch and Act. So uh, for people who are overseas, Watch and Act is a phase of bushfire alertness right before yes. um, evacuation. Like yes. the fire is near, just keep an eye on things. Don't be, you know, putting the laundry on and, you know, starting to write your thesis. Just kind of get ready to get the hell out of there if you need to, all right? It's an oddly specific uh, warning for academics. It's important. Uh, we were in watching act for a while, so I packed the car up, ready to leave if we needed. About an hour later, wife and I said, no, nah, we should just go. We've got a one-and-a-half-year-old. Right. We don't want to take a risk. Great idea. Got me thinking. Charlie, this is for you and I to answer. If there was a fire 
and you had five minutes to leave, which is a thing mm. that many people in Australia had to face across this summer, what would be the main things you would grab and do you, should you always have an emergency bag ready for the little ones? What do you reckon? A hundred percent. I actually uh, was running through this scenario when the bushfire crisis was at its peak of scariness of like, what would I do in this situation? I mean, Jim and I have a lot of stuff in storage at the moment. We live in a small apartment in uh, Sydney, so we have a lot of our valuables actually already in storage. But I think if it was a five-minute decision to grab stuff, it would just be straight to electronics because like most people, we keep all our photos online. We've got digital copies of all our photos. Um, There'd be a couple of keepsakes that I'd want to take. But in terms of like baby stuff, that was the one thing when I was reading about all those like families in like Malakuta, for instance, which were devastated by the bushfires. The thing that really hit home for that about me when the appeals were going out for what they needed, it was like nappies, um, formula, wipes, all these things that you sort of just take for granted that you can go to your local 7-Eleven and get if you run short on. I mean... That is the stuff that I'd be like, holy shit, like how much harder would it be doing your day-to-day with a one-and-a-half-year-old when you didn't have access to all that stuff? So, yeah, the idea of having like a not just an overnight bag but, you know, a week's worth of supplies packed and ready to go, especially if you live in a bushfire area, makes complete sense to me. And water, that's the other thing. Water, yeah. always have water. Audrey and I were talking about it, um, having a go bag. I guess that's just your baby bag. Yeah. And we've had on this show before, we've had people give us the great advice of as soon as you get home, re-up the baby bag, mm. get it ready to go. As soon as you walk in the door, put back everything you took out. If it was nappies, if it was wipes, if it was an outfit, whatever it is, don't ever let it get depleted. And that's the first thing you do when you walk in the door so you know it's good to go when you leave. Mm. But, yeah, I was talking to Audrey about this when I first saw this email come in and we were talking and, with Wolf at the moment, because he's still on the boob, Audrey just said, all the water we could carry and all the nappies and wipes that we could carry. As far as she and I was concerned, we can live in the same undies for a week. That's fine. But outfits, something for him to sleep in and just like all the nappies, wipes and water that we can possibly carry. And, you know, honestly, when I was looking at those photos of people stranded on a beach waiting for a boat to come and save them and just knowing that on that beach there are babies with shit in their nappies Mm. and parents are like, I've got nothing to change them into. The baby bag had four nappies in it and we're done. Well, it's also, it really makes you think how you sh- you've gotten to the convenience we have of living in a first yeah. world country. Oh my God. Like the idea that you can get all this stuff so easily. You're like, yeah, but you know, the majority of the population of the world doesn't have access to this no. stuff, even clean water, you no. know, to wash your baby if you need to, let alone yeah. 97% water wipes. Yeah. You'd be drinking them if you yeah, like, squeeze, exactly. squeezing them out like bare grills, you know. I mean, I think the way this country is going, Osh, maybe the most important thing to have in your baby's bag is a razor sharp steel boomerang. <laughs> if that's, we should really rename this to Dad Pod Tips for Life on the Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually like to know, Josh, if you're listening, I'd love to know what you actually did take with you, and that can just be our checklist of the go bag. Um, but mm. uh, certainly, I mean, it's horrifying to think about this, Charlie, but, you know, we live in a time now where we're coming into a world where at the start of summer, we're just going to have to, all right, we'll just keep this by the door. We'll keep this, you know, get a box from Bunnings, a lockbox from Bunnings and just like that just mm. stays in the garage ready to go. And it's we don't touch it. That's the prepper box for the kids and keep mm. it updated as they get older. You know, what are they going to need? How long can those pouches you get from the supermarket last? And a, about a week of stuff because you don't know how long you're going to be away really, do you? No, exactly. Uh, I'd like to hear from Josh as well to find out what he's got because maybe there's some stuff in there that we haven't thought of. Another email came in from Nick. Uh, G'day, Charlie and Osher. 
A lot of acronyms here. OG TOFOP 2G1C OGP listener coming here from the beginning. Okay. Nick, that's a lot of content. Thank you for being yeah. a part of it, man. Awesome. My wife and I have just clocked up 12 weeks into our first pregnancy. We're getting amped oh, as it's finally awesome. sinking in. She started to show this week. What resources do you recommend for a first-time dad? Any books or podcasts? Do you recommend anything that you know now that you wish you'd known going into the pregnancy? Enjoying the journey. Thanks, guys. Nico. Uh, there's lots of really great apps. Sprout was a really good one, which when you're going through the pregnancy, it helps you chart what is happening inside your wife and what to expect and what your baby's going through. That's just one of like about half a dozen really great apps out there. There's some that you can pay for. There's some that are free. But that was good for Gemma and I because you sort of wake up, you know, every uh, week or so and you would check what was going on, what your baby, the size of your baby. They'll give you like uh, comparisons. It's the size of a chickpea. It's the size of an avocado. Really great stuff like that that um so we found that really helpful that was really helpful for me one of those apps to we found an australian based one because everything else was in ounces and pounds and yeah. made up american amounts like nothing no one knows what that is so we found an australian one which is actually really quite or a british one so it was in kilograms yeah so that was really 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 quite good i think the other thing i would say to you nico would be just you can't have enough patience and you can't be any more useful particularly in the last six to eight weeks of the pregnancy when, you know, she's like a third larger than she normally is and her back and her hips and her ability to just have any motility, ability to move around or roll over in bed is just quite significantly affected. You can't do enough. You can't get enough things. You can't fetch enough things. You can't just, and always just be ahead of the game, man, you know, make sure there's a water glass full, make sure that, you know, phones are charged, make sure all that stuff's around. That's what I'd say to you, mate. And just be patient, dude. Be patient. There's hormones going on inside of her that you can't possibly comprehend changing everything about her. <laughs> and yeah. you just, just watch it go by, man. Yeah, and uh, be aware that when you're watching films that have an emotional context or storyline <laughs> that your wife may be a little more vulnerable to seeing that lost puppy on screen. Oh, yeah, no Game of Thrones, man, no. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. just avoid all that stuff. Um, thanks very much for your emails. Askdadpod at gmail.com is where we are. You can get us anytime. Osh, time to induct another dad into the Dadpod Hall of Fame. This entry, I was surprised uh, because he's come up in conversation quite a few times as being one of the other husbands of uh, Audrey. Yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, my goodness. What a dad. Father of three with enough biceps for more. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine having The Rock as your dad? Like you wouldn't even need like a jungle gym in a backyard. You just get him to stand there with his arms out and then you could just climb <laughs> all over him. You could swing off his tree trunk-like arms. I would say that when you're The Rock's child and given The Rock is the biggest movie star on the planet and film producer and he's an incredibly wealthy and successful man because he works very, 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 very hard, at The Rock's house, if you're hungry, they'd... You know how like, oh, that's the cupboard that's got mum's things in it. Don't touch that. That's, you know, the cupboard with your things in it. You can touch that. There would be a fridge of like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't go near that. That's just like three sides of beef for dad today. That's what he's going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> All your snacks are over there. There's like the rocks fridges and then your fridges over there. Without a doubt. It really kind of torpedoes the whole idea of the dad bod theory, doesn't it? Motherfucker. When you've got a guy who looks like that who's got three kids, and I know he's rich and he has his own gymnasium and stuff, yeah. but the dude has always looked like that. And he's got a daughter who's almost like an adult now. So there's no excuses, Osh. 
When you can None complain that you don't have 20 minutes to throw your kettlebells around, I want you to think about <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> And he's not backwards and coming forwards about demonstrating what it is to he's, – he's constantly talking about family a lot, not just Fast and Furious family but actual family. <laughs> and there was this incre- – and we talked about this on the show before, that, but that great photo you spoke of where his wife is breastfeeding their youngest yeah. and he's there uh, spoon-feeding his wife. Yeah. And he's this – you know, the biggest movie star in the world, he's the biggest person ever and uh, he realised, you know, he knows that I'm, my part – here, this is the most important job I have right now. Yeah. And that is to make sure she's okay and she's fed. So what we're saying is be more like The Rock, everyone. <laughs> Pretty much. Did I tell you my rock story? No, what's your rock story? Oh, man. I have to wait for another time. The show's gone pretty long. I'll tell you my rock story another time. All right. Well, how about this? If people want to hear Osh's rock story, write in to askdadpod at gmail.com. And if we get enough requests, then maybe we can set aside some time to hear uh, Osh's rock story. It's pretty good. Made me want to love him even more than Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Dad Pod salutes you. Absolutely. What a cracking episode, Charlie. Uh, Yumi was on board. She was great. The Rock was on board. He he doesn't know he was on board, but he was here. And um, both our kids are losing their shit. It's fantastic. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I better go upstairs and see if I need to do anything. (laughs) And what's your sign-off, Osh? I'll see you next week, Charlie. No, it's not. Go to bed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's it.